It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Martinum. On this week's episode, Jay will be joined by morning show host from Long Island's home for everything that rocks, 94.3 The Sharks' very own Orlando. Jay and Orlando will be reviewing the 1986 American comedy film, Body Slam. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your Film Crickets are on now. All right. Hey, friends. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with, I normally say my good friend Chris Martino. He is not here today, but I am along with my special guest. Do you prefer Brian or do you want, I know it's Orlando, like in the morning, but. Um, I'm usually Brian when I'm in trouble. When I hear my full name, then I'm in serious trouble. So either one is okay. All right. We'll go with our, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of people, I go by Jay, but it's Jason. And when I hear that, I'm like looking left and right. Like, what the hell did I do? When the middle name comes out, you stepped into it. When my mother used to be like, Brian Anthony. I'm like, oh, I'm done now. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, it's it's absolutely true. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. We're doing the movie Body Slam from 1986. So you had picked it out. Tell me what... Uh, where you started loving this movie or how does it mean to you? I grew up being a wrestling fan. Now in my house, it was a little rough. I did not grow up in a very traditional setting, but whenever wrestling was on, we weren't yelling at each other. We were yelling at the TV. That was our camaraderie. Whenever wrestling was on, we were a family. And when Body Slam came out, I knew Roddy Piper as one of the greatest bad guys of all time. Like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to like the guy who bashed Jimmy Snooker in the head with a coconut. Mm. I'm supposed to like the guy who hated Hulk Hogan, but he was so likable in the movie. Um, it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And even though I was only eight at the time, I just was like, yeah, this is everything I love about professional wrestling. This movie is why I love watching it every week with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up with it. Um, I went through spurts. Like, I go through spurts of watching it. Like, I don't always stay. Only because, like, sometimes I get, like, oh, they took way too long with this one storyline. <laughs> like, you know, like like three quarters of a year. And it's like, come on, guys. They could have settled this by now, you know, type of thing. Or, like, sometimes when the writing gets, like, kind of, like, over the top to the point of, all right, you ran out of stuff. Like, when... Mark Henry impregnated May. Well, I knew you young. were going to say that. I, I just knew it. Like, to a hand. I'm like, that's where he's going with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you. Am I right though? Like, where? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying everybody bails, but it's like I got to go. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, time to take a break. But I've always appreciated it. It's it's really it's so interesting because like I had when I was into it in like I was into the Attitude Era. And also around when you were talking about then the um, 85, um, 86, when the WrestleMania one came out, I begged my father to take me to the, uh, they, they were going to air it at the Providence Civic Center on closed circuit TV. And it was like, I, I want to say like 11 bucks a pop, 12 bucks. And then my father realized it was going to be on TV. <laughs> like, and he was like, I'm not spending that. And he wouldn't take us. I was so pissed. You, the, even, I mean, we're doing this to see if movies hold up today. But even those phrases like closed circuit TV, say that to a teenager today. They'll be like, what? You mean the movie theater? Right, right. Because that's really what it was. My mother took me to see SummerSlam 89, closed circuit TV. It was the Fell Forum. 
which is now, I think, the Hulu Theater or something like that, next door to the Garden. It's really just a giant theater with a movie screen. Mm -hmm. Except this was like uh, a a small arena um, where the Providence Bruins play. So you'd think that that would be a place that you'd see something in person. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're, you're in this giant... Not not giant, but like you know, giant by a movie theater standard. Yeah, you know, it's where you'd go see concerts, rock concerts, and you know, to to say I'm going to go see something on television there, it's like I'm not paying eleven bucks, twelve bucks a pop for all of us to go. I was pissed. So here I am the next day, it, like it was like the Monday after, checking the newspaper <laughs> to see <laughs> there's another dated thing, newspaper. What the hell? It's cool we're doing this today. Yesterday would have been Roddy Piper's birthday. It was all over Twitter. And okay. we didn't do that on purpose. It was just serendipitous. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he was the famous heel. And to the lame, the layman's, that is a bad person. Uh, <laughs> and Babyface, which he played in the movie, yep, uh, is a good person. So it's, um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. It was, I got to say, it was really cool to see him in that uh he got a lot bigger for when he went to the they live movie yeah yeah so body slam was 86 they live was 87 and he had left the wwf at the time to go do the movie and that was done by john carpenter Mm -hmm. so he was on a serious amount of vitamins because that was going to be a major theatrical release whereas body slam was an indie film right and i had heard that because um hal needham the guy who directed it ended up fighting a lot with the people who put it together who like wrote the movie and stuff like that and they were like a couple of lawyers so everything got even even i guess it became like a physical fight at one time and it kept it from being in the theatrical release just on the bickering back and forth which is just crazy it just it became like this cult classic like up until now, there really hasn't been, you know, we're in 2022, but there really hasn't been a movie that represented wrestling in a, a favorable light. Like The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, that portrayed a broken down guy who at one time was famous, but now is like wrestling in these tiny places, just, you know. Living a in a trailer park and yeah. struggling and yep. playing Nintendo yep. with a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing ever showed wrestling. Like Body Slam to me was great but it was cartoonish it, you're right yeah for everybody that loved it the people that didn't like wrestling wouldn't like the movie for the same reasons they didn't like wrestling mm, right no it's it's true it did have you know there was there was like a certain subgenre of comedy though that it felt like there were like movies that were out around the time like you know the cannibal run types yep. there was another movie called the hot stuff i think it was like it was movies any movie that had like i'm surprised um not Burt Reynolds, the other guy that's with him. Dom DeLuise, like like somebody like him, could have easily been in this movie because it had that campy vibe. What was the movie with Val Kilmer? It was supposed to be a spoof of Rambo. Um, Top yeah. Secret. Yes. Top Secret. Yeah. And that came out around the same time. And even though Top Secret was supposed to be a spoof, it did have the same vibe as Body Slam, mm-hmm. which most people kind of look at as a spoof of real sports like wrestling is not real it's a it's a spoof of a sport mm-hmm. and it still never broke that stigma there's never been a movie to show wrestling for what it is to fans that really love it what's your opinion on the um ready to rumble one ready to rumble was really body slam with 90s technology mm-hmm. 
was corny. It was over the top. It was a parody of what wrestling was at the time. Mm-hmm. But it worked. Yeah, it was funny. It had some funny stuff. It led to maybe one of the worst decisions and moments in professional wrestling when they put the WCW title on David Arquette mm. as a publicity stunt for that movie. Yeah. It's too bad. Stuff that came out like with the two of them, like the the two companies, how it like I don't know. Once Vince bought it, I was hoping there was he was gonna keep them as a as a unit. Like, yeah. you know, like and then have them invade each other. But like they instead did. they did it like I thought there was I don't know. I didn't like how they did it. They took garbage cans full of money and lit it on fire. Mm. I agree. Just, fans were salivating for that invasion angle. They were starving for another WCW versus WWF, and it just never happened. Mm. And it absolutely. I mean, it could have. There's so much that could have been done with that. It was like, wow, this is going to be great. And then, nope, just keep it all WWF or WWE, and then, you know, have new people. But so normally what uh, my uh, co-host does at this time, he does, he does something called the IMDb rundown. And what we do is we talk about who's in it and uh, we also talk about the one sentence synopsis of the film and basically it's kind of funny because sometimes the one sentence is so way off and then sometimes it's really close so actually what we started last week we started a new tradition where my son well my daughter reads like does the intro and my son reads the one sentence so i I pre-record that (laughs) first i'm gonna we'll we'll talk about the fact that it is called body slam it is 1986 it's rated pg so anyone can watch it and it is an hour and 32 minutes so right around the 90 minute mark which is good dirk benedict um from the a-team and uh so he was in a lot of other stuff like right like wasn't he like in um battlestar galactica yeah yeah. Um, he was he was a big dude um, back in the day. So we got Tanya Roberts, Roddy Piper, as we talked about, Captain Lou Albano. Um, we got Sam Fatu, um, also known as the Tonga Kid back in the day. Yep. Billed as Jimmy Snooker's cousin when he was first uh, on the scene. I remember that. Barry Gordon, Charles Nelson Riley, and uh, John Aston too. He's um, a lot of a lot of people in this, especially for a, an indie film. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear. The one sentence re- the one sentence review or synopsis. Here we go. It's time now for the one sentence synopsis from the IMDB. A down on his luck music manager for the fictional rock band Kick finds his luck changing when he by mistake also starts managing a successful wrestling duo. The film crickets are on now. I hope you will be lucky, and I hope you enjoy the show. He's going to put me out of a job, man. That was very dead-on professional. <laughs> Thanks. My daughter does the intro, and my son, who's seven, does the uh, the the reading there. And and by the way, that's not bad editing at the end. He makes me cut it off like that. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, you have to cut me off. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Well, I thought that was accurate. I yeah. mean, maybe a little exaggerated, mm-hmm. but it was dead on accurate as far as the story goes. 86 was still in the middle of the rock and wrestling connection where everything melded together. So Body Slam basically rode off the coattails of, Wrestle- rode off the coattails of WrestleMania with that, mm-hmm. mixing music with wrestling. And I think your kid nailed it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, but I mean, people forget how big that was. I, I remember hearing the VJs now. It was like sometime sometime recently 
the last 10 years or so, somebody had asked, what about Cindy Lauper? What do you say about her? And, right. and, and somebody said, hmm, she probably shouldn't have gone with the whole wrestling thing. It's like, mm, I don't know. You guys don't remember how big that was. And it was on MTV. MTV aired the war to settle the score, which predated WrestleMania. That was the prelude to WrestleMania. So everything that wrestling became started on MTV. And a lot of people will say Cindy Lauper sacrificed her career for wrestling because she was thrust into that spotlight. She looked ridiculous to anybody outside of it. That was their words, not mine. And sure, maybe it shortened her run, but would she have gotten as big as she was without it? Mm. She was on the A-Team. She was on all over MTV. The wrestlers were in her music videos, which ushered in a whole new legion of fans for her. Mm. She did very well because of the WWF. So I, I don't see when they say she sacrificed a career. I mean, if anything, it launched her into superstar. Mm. No, I mean, that, that album was huge anyway that she, she had at the time. So it was it was already pretty big, and she's so unusual, yeah. right? Was the name of the mm-hmm. album? Yeah. No, what people forget though is with something like that, people can change so quickly on what they think is cool when it comes to music. Right. So you know, I mean, her career probably could have stayed the same regardless. Like you know, what I mean, like yeah. the same path, just one didn't have wrestling. And let's not forget, it, it was so big that it was even incorporated into the Goonies video, a two-parter, right? I don't think, I mean, I guess I'm not spoiling it now because it's what was what, 1986 when that came out, too. Oh, we but give it all away. You saw the first part. You watched the music video a second time just to see what happened again. And when Andre the Giant appeared at the end, it was like watching WrestleMania all over again. You cheered, you jumped off your couch. It was amazing. I mean, it's funny because back, this was also back in the day when we weren't sure it was uh, right. predetermined. You know what I mean? Like the. Mm-hmm the outcome on wrestling and what was they aired that Andre match when he got his haircut so often yep. and I watched yep. it every time <laughs> as if maybe this time he won't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> like, does that make sense it was heartbreaking yeah, you watched it anyway you're like oh no he's gonna get- <laughs> he's gonna get up this time it's not gonna happen special delivery jones is gonna gonna uh do better you know in the in the corner yeah it was it was great though you know it played off your emotions back mm-hmm. then i mean i think that's why i picked body slam because yeah it was a movie but I had an emotional attachment to those wrestlers. So when they had those pivotal moments in the film where they were going through a crisis, it hurt me. It, it was mm-hmm. real. You know, for me, it was like watching a wrestling match. I'm like, oh, no, this can't happen. Like when they get hurt in the middle, I was mm-hmm. crushed. So let's, let, yeah, let's pick it. Let's let's start off the, uh, you know, the whole idea of what the, the, the home movie is about. You got Dirk Benedict. And by the way, I got to point out, you never meet any Dirks anymore. <laughs> I think Mark Wahlberg probably put an end to it (laughs) because of the the Boogie Nights movie, but you just never bump into, hey, how's it going? My name's Dirk. I just read an article about that. And they send you national show prep, you know, that you can pick stories from if you want to talk about in the morning. And just the other day, there was a thing about Mark Wahlberg has the prosthetic that was used in the movie, and I'll (laughs) leave it at that, and he keeps it on his mantle. That's funny. Yeah, but he's like, you know, like, so Dirk Benedict plays what? Uh, what's his M. Harry Smilak. It never gets to the point of, uh, yeah. uh, of of what the M stands for, do they? 
they say it once because the girl in the Tanya Roberts winds up yelling at him and she says his whole name. That's a point in the movie, I believe. Oh, okay. But like, you know, so he's like a like a like an agent manager guy that um you can tell he's a slick manager type because like, you know, he's he's driving around with the uh the, the Ferrari and then you find out he's not really a good agent because he can't pay for the Ferrari. <laughs> like it gets taken like five seconds in. And the attorney guy that's like, his, you know, his his personal attorney says, hey, all right, I can go get the Ferrari back for you if you, you know, if you represent um, this evil politician guy, you know, if you, or if you um, yep. set up a party for him, you know, with entertainment. He's like, sure, of course, I'll do anything, you know, but, you know, it's kind of hard. We already know instantly not to believe <laughs> this guy's full of crap. Do you remember the names that they threw around? They're like Julio and uh, they were referencing Julio. Frank. Yeah. Neil, I think. Barbara. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Julio, Neil, and Barbara. But he wasn't, like, actually saying their last names yep. or anything. Yeah. And then, like, the only thing you find out that he represents is, like, one band one band called Kick that no nobody's ever heard of. You know, like, not a real band. Um, and talk about not holding up. I mean, the music that represented that band in the movie, that was his 80s hair metal as it got. When they finally... When the people in that party, that stuffy party, found out who the musicians were, the pyro goes off, the people's hair blows back. I mean, that was as 80s as it got. Right. And they even had wigs on because, like, you saw what they looked like five minutes ago when they were practicing. Mm -hmm. And later on, you know, when they play again for real, they're looking normal, not like the... uh... So, yeah, he doesn't... Oh, and he comes across... He's going to go deal with this... um... I don't know, this, this guy who's like a guy who's in charge of venues or whatever, and he realize, he hears how he's talking to um, the Roddy Piper character, Quick Rick Roberts. And, he, and then he just realizes, he goes, hey, I can I can represent him. And he starts poking around. Next thing you know, he's he's like, I got him. Here's my manager right here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even realize he's representing a wrestler. And that's how he ends up getting yep. into the whole thing. And then... Obviously, like his friend, who was um, the Sam Fatu, is is Tonga Tom. Uh, they didn't go uh, not too far from what he was. He was the Tonga yep. kid in uh, WWF, and uh, so he represents them. By the way, when they get hurt in the middle, and they're just chilling out in the hospital, all happy. Yep. How cool is that? <laughs> he comes in, they're devastated, and there's Roddy Piper. Oh, we got our butts kicked. Don't worry about it. You know, it's cool. Happens all the time. Exactly, and that really showed what wrestling was back then. These guys used to get hurt. They didn't have health insurance. You know, they their whole plan was to get out of the hospital as quick as possible. To them, it was just another day. I mean, if you think about, I mean, they all sacrifice so much. Yeah. It's not even uh, not even funny. But somebody like Mick Foley, right? Wow, like uh, what Look, that guy has done. And it's almost like you want you want to debate how well it's worth it. <laughs> I had the pleasure of, of working with Mick quite a few times, and he's one of the nicest men in the world. But you could see the pain on his face with almost every step. Mm. And you talk about fake wrestling, the injuries are real. Mm. Everything that they, every bone they break is real. That's not fake, you know? So what Body Slam did, at least it showed you, for anybody that was a skeptic, at least it showed that, yes, these guys still get hurt. And um, did you hear about the, the crowd? What was happening? Like, at the end match, did you hear what was happening with the crowd? I heard some different stories about it. There were wrestling rumors about it. Wasn't the crowd full of, like, 
like wannabe wrestlers and things like that? Um, well, what I read was that they were starting to get pissed because, once again, it was not fully out there that it was a scripted uh, wrestling in general was scripted. You know okay. what I mean? There was, there was people debating it and getting mad or whatever. Now, here they are on a movie. What happens in a movie? You got to redo. You got to take it again. You try again. Sure. And they start to watch it and they're getting mad because, wait a minute, whoa, what the hell? You did this already. You're stopping. You're not doing So they actually started to wrestle and beat the shit out of each other <laughs> for a little while. And that's what, like, because people started to fight. And then once it actually happened, they had to go in the back and tell... Like I think it was either Dirk or um, Hal Needham, the guy who directed it. Listen, we had to do this because they were really like starting to turn on us, and they were like probably jump in the ring wow. and kill us. <laughs> Which happened a lot back then when the fans took it too seriously and thought that the bad guys were seriously hurting the good guys. Mm -hmm. Roddy Piper had been stabbed in the ring a couple of times. Wow. I, I guess his kids used to catch a lot of hell like at school. Which yeah. Think about what an awful position that must be right i'm in school i'm in my teenage years it's awkward enough my hormones are going through all kinds of stuff i'm going through all kinds of stuff and my dad's the most hated man in america hmm. now it's it's one of those things we're going to jump back and forth because the parallel bet between the actual uh, yeah. wwe or wwf and the the movie because it's just you know the, the, they were striking while the iron was hot think about the fact that they worked in Mr. T to right. the crowd. And that was at, what that was at the War to Settle the Score. Is that where he showed up for the first time? War to Settle the Score was the first time. And then. Because he was in the crowd and, and um, Hogan went up to him and like they got into each yeah. other's face in a positive way. Like, yeah, you go for it. Yep. And then. And then there were, there were a couple of setups to that. And again, this is what won't hold up. I remember one of the lead ins to WrestleMania. Roddy Piper is in the ring with Mr. T and he puts on a mohawk wig and he goes, this is how ridiculous you look. Do you see how ridiculous you look? And that's that was the catalyst that, that set up the actual tag team match between Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Piper and Ondo. Try getting away with that today. Even though Roddy Piper was playing a character, that wouldn't fly today. I got one worse. Um, the, the, and you can find it somewhere. I found it on YouTube because it was like one of those things where you go, I swear this happened. And then you can't find it for a while. You're like, no, I swear it yeah. happened. And then I found it and I was like, thank God. <laughs> Not thank God it happened. Thank God that it wasn't just my imagination. And Orndorff is is with Piper in like a Piper's Pit type of scenario that's in the back, not the in the middle of the ring. And he takes a banana and smears it into Mr. T's face on the poster. And he says, this is for that spider monkey. I don't remember that. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean I'm laughing not at it being yeah, funny. I'm laughing at the audacity. Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? What's that? What they did I just that. remember. I know. But it's like, wow. In the movie, you know, Body Slam was a little unusual because the antagonist was not the guy, were not the bad wrestlers that they fought in the end. They were sort of like sub-antagonists. The antagonist was the Lone Shark that was after Dirk Benedict's character. Mm. And if you notice, the bag, the tag team, it was the Barbarian who had Samoan heritage, and his tag team partner was a white wrestler who played an Asian character. You couldn't do that today. Mm. You, you would never get away with it. There would be 
all sorts of backlash oh, yeah. against it. That shows you the difference of how things will look at. And they could have had better actors too, by the way, in the as far as the bad people. Like out of all the wrestlers in the world, the the barbarian guys, I mean like it was just Right. They were wrestlers, not actors. No, I know. But like I, right. I imagine out of all the characters that were in WWF, someone could have done a better job. Like or, or and by the way, I don't think it even was a WWF movie, was it? No. So it could have been no. they could have pulled from other places. If you remember at the end when they showed it was supposed to be like the big main event when they were wrestling for the tag team championships yeah. against the barbarian. Mm-hmm. If you notice the wrestlers that they showed, it was all NWA guys. Ric Flair was in that movie for a short time mm-hmm. as himself. Yeah, and Bruno San Martino and yeah. uh, Vlassie. It was he stood up and like he started Vlassie, fighting. Yeah, it was guys that weren't. I mean, it was still, some of them were associated with the WWF. Flair was not. He was the NWA champion, but like. Bruno had a big falling out with the WWF. I think him showing up in that movie was almost like a middle finger to Vince. Mm. So, I mean, like, the Road Warriors probably would have been a better, like, yeah. villain group. Like, and I think I they... Think that's what they were going for. Yeah. No, I'm just saying like, they probably could have, like, unless they were already in... Were they in WWF yet? I don't think so, right? They took them... No, they, were, they didn't show up in the WWF to like, the 90s, 90s, right? Yeah, because then they became the Legion of Doom. Yep. No, either way. I mean, like, it's also a budget thing, too, probably. They, they can only afford so much. It's not the highest budget movie. Like, you know, like the band Kick that they're they're playing music. 1986 was enormous for right. for uh, like hair metal and stuff. Bands that Europe and Quiet Riot and uh, all these bands that were just rolling. But no, it was it was still fun though. There's see, there's so much about that you know you couldn't use today. Like like when they do the um, the Charles Nelson Riley hosted Ring Talk. Yes. And the amount of times they use the let's say F word for a gay slur. They use it like, which, by the way, Charles Nelson Riley is gay. Like, so it's like, wow, that must have been awful for the guy. But they use that like like three or four, maybe five times. You know, there's a scene where right before the main event, the Lone Shark, he was Asian. The guy who represented, he he had the Samoans, the actual wild Samoans with his bodyguards, Mm -hmm. remember? And Dirk Benedict's character... Smilak was kind of starting to succeed a bit and it looked like he was going to be able to pay the loan back and he says ah can I call you Harry and Dirk Benedict says to him no I got used to Smyrak and like you could never get away with that no, today it's so bad yeah it was um, so basically I think a Japanese actor but he was playing a Korean and the whole point was okay. they kept saying he kept saying everything but Korean stuff when he would talk to okay. them so like he would actually say like you can go back to Japan and have Egg Foo Young and, and he would then correct him it was like holy shit that's so wrong that's right yep. And, yep. So, but like I guess they tried to make it better by him correcting him but still no you could never not even close be able to but don't forget we did not that you probably know that we did this movie but we did the movie Remo Williams uh, you know that movie Remo Williams The Adventure Begins okay. um, we did it and I want to say it was 86 87 it was right around the, the same time Joel Gray short little Jewish guy plays a Korean couldn't do that today you couldn't do Sword Circle today no <laughs> Not, not even close. That's all I talked about throughout the whole movie, like throughout the whole uh, episode. Was like, wow, it was what short were they thinking? circuit, right? With Ben Fisher, where he um, plays. 
Hold on. Uh, we, we, the name's a little it, off. It was though. a white um, actor. Yes, short, short circuit. Um, it was basically the the real life version of The Simpsons and a Pooh. It was a white actor who played an Indian character with an Indian accent. Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. That's right. And, you know, at the time I was a kid, I didn't realize that he was really a white actor. I mean, these are mm. things. And look, you know, today everybody just wants to pull these movies. I'm glad. We're talking about Body Slam. Like, we're adults now. We could see where the the cringeworthy moments were. Right, right. You know? And, and if you don't, then there's something wrong, right? right? You know what I mean? Like, at this point, then... In historical references, it's cool to look back on these things. Of course. where we were and where we where we came, you know? No, of course. I mean, like, it's it's a, there's a difference between... I mean, like, obviously you and I would share this with maybe someone younger and go, yeah, but you can't do that. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like that's not why I'm showing you. I'm showing you because of the, uh, you know, these guys in the ring, you know, exactly. that are doing this. Yeah. Listen, Body Slam was one of the first movies of its kind. The only wrestling movies that were out before that, there was a documentary called I Like to Hurt People, which was terrible, and Grunt the Wrestling Movie, which made Body Slam look like Shakespeare. Hmm. You know, Body Slam at least did what it was supposed to do. Made people that liked wrestling have a movie to watch mm-hmm. that made them like wrestling some more. It, it had a sort of formulaic tale though, right? You had the good guys in the middle of the movie, they get their butts kicked so bad that it looks like they're never going to win. Mm. And then the guy gets the girl and she's the motivation for him to overcome all of the obstacles. Yeah. And Lou Albano, I mean, playing the, the bad guy, the bad manager. I mean, he was, he was one of the best out of, out of the WWE that was uh, management type that was out there. I mean, he was in the, I mean, pri- if you think about it, prior to the rock and wrestling connection, he was in Cindy Lauper's debut video yes, as her father. He yep. Which is, that's, I mean, that's already something that's, you know, it's almost like seeing the future because that was way before, like at least a year prior. My grandmother used to love wrestling. We used to go to the matches all the time. And there was an independent show up at what was Sports Plus here on Long Island. And Captain Lou was one of the guests. So we're sitting down signing autographs. And I go off to go find autographs from other people. And when I get back, there's my grandmother sitting at the table with Captain Lou. And I'm dumbfounded. Apparently, my grandmother remembered what Captain Lou was a DJ. Captain Lou was a radio DJ. And he was Captain Lou Albano. And he was so moved by the fact that she remembered that, that they had a half hour conversation. But I wonder now if that was part of why they got him, just more of the rock and wrestling connection. Yes, he was in the video, but it went a little deeper than that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying it was just, it was cool like that, you know, we we could sit there and talk about how when Cindy Lauper came onto the wrestling scene, but like, yeah, she already had him in the, uh, and she's a New Yorker. Yeah, she spent time on Long Island. But, oh, well, they, maybe that's like a connection there then. um, It was a magical time for all the flaws that we've pointed out and for all the flaws that were prevalent during that time, they did their best to represent good and evil, Mm -hmm. you know, to the best of their abilities. And even with the mistakes that the good guys made in that movie, the bad guys were clearly villainous and vengeful and they had to go down. And the movie portrayed that. No, it was, it was really cool. Like like with all that, like, like I said, I love comparing both the real world of WWF or whatever, um, 
with the way that they would well you know it, it just because it was it was kind of like like the, how you felt especially you gotta you gotta understand something in 19 there are soft spot movies for me like like i love the first break-in movie because i saw it in the theater when i was like 12 yeah so i i know it's terrible <laughs> but i look at it and i refuse to hate it because of what it means to me from when i was 12 <laughs> like you know what I, mean? I, like, about, I feel that way about no holds barred god that doesn't hold up at all no. but Hulk Hogan was in a movie and my grandmother was taking me to see it mm-hmm. and it was the first time where I was ever in a movie theater and the movie the, the fans screamed mm-hmm. it wasn't like a concert it wasn't a wrestling match they couldn't hear us but every, as soon as Hogan came out the fans went nuts and I'll remember that I cringe mm-hmm. when I see it now no yeah but it's still like you can watch it and put maybe some of that aside yeah like the cringe aspect or some, you know it, it's there. <laughs> like, like some sort of a, like a, like an angel or a devil on your shoulder. And you go, yeah, I know. I know it's cheesy. I know. Yeah. And then you just got to shut it up for a little while because you, you want to feel that way again. That, Isn't it better that way? Isn't it better course. to, to not have the, the rules of like, we're adults now, mm-hmm. but when we were kids, we didn't know any better. It, there was no such thing as cheesy. There was no such thing as fake and phony. It was just those were our heroes, right? And like even to this day, I mean, I can't go often, especially I mean, thanks to Corona. But I mean, like you know, it's obviously getting better, but it's also very expensive <laughs> to go to right. the theater. Yeah. So, but like I so much as smell popcorn somewhere, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like I gotta go to the theater now. Like yep. I still want to go. It's such a trigger. You know, the cool thing about, like, as you're talking, all these memories are coming back. One of the things about Body Slam that was, they show both sides of wrestling. Like, I grew up in New York, so we had the WWF. Mm-hmm. Wrestling was predicated on Southern values. Like, the NWA and World Class Championship Wrestling, that was, like, wrestling was a big Southern thing. The WWF was completely different types of wrestling. And Roddy Piper was a big New York guy from the WWF. But do you remember this scene in Body Slam when they, they had the light bulb moment to mix rock and wrestling? They were wrestling in this farm town. And they had like a, it was like a, a cow roundup or like a, it, it was some very Southern, like a hog tie, right? Mm-hmm. And they booked them at the same time. So they decided to do both together. And the organ player was messing up the tag team, was messing up Roddy Piper and the Tonga Kid. Hmm. And they're like, Harry, that organ's killing me. So they got the band Kick to play rock and roll. And the organ player and the band were battling back and forth. Now, to a New Yorker, that was completely foreign. Like, this is silly. In the South, that stuff used to happen all the time. And when Hmm. you read some of these wrestlers' biographies, like, they added very real elements. It looked silly, but that stuff used to happen. Right. No, it's it's true. And I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. Really? That guy, Elmo, that was the host, like, of the, the owner. Yep. He was the guy from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses playing the grandfather. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way I did when I found out that Mr. Feeney was the voice of Kit right now. <laughs> I never I was like, hey, I looked him up. I'm like, there he is. Oh, that's right. Well, do you remember, you, you've you seen No Holds Barred, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not do you remember theater, but, uh, the guy who plays Hulk Hogan's brother, Randy, who Zeus beats up and puts in a wheelchair? 
I can't picture him, but he was a, like a like a regular sized dude. I remember that. Yeah, and then like he valiantly fights Zeus and then gets nearly killed. Right, put in the hospital like an idiot though. Like if you think right. about it. Yeah. <laughs> who goes into exactly. the ring with that guy a tiny lister there I'm Hulk Hogan's <laughs> brother I could beat Zeus no. sure. that was Mark Pellegrino um, who went on to become Jacob in Lost and then he's on all those shows now oh wow I, I've never seen Lost Chris my, my co-host Die Hard Die Hard I have to see it myself but it just it's, it's one of those like yeah. it was already it was already happening right and and I like it was you know when the show is already like like three seasons in mm-hmm. you're like what am I going to do? Jump on? Like, I mean, apparently now it's easier because you could watch like the first couple seasons up, you know, on demand or whatever and get catch up. But um, when it was happening, I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like jump in and be upset that somebody died on the show. And like, <laughs> I was like, I don't care. But yeah. Um, no, I left just... hmm? So Lost was great until it wasn't. It, it was the second worst ending in the history of TV. <laughs> All I know is Chris loves it. He just like he he just even he 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 talks about the ending too like he's like yeah I know but it, it's still awesome, um, but it's funny no I, I it's one of those everybody like it's either people love it or I guess cheesed about the ending but but that's wrestling people love it or they hate it mm-hmm. and it is funny like it's a great it, it's a great moment too when they do take on those two uh, hicks. The little yeah. skinny guy and the big dude and, and yeah and they beat him and then they're all celebrating in the ring together. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that is a really cool moment. I wonder too if you can even get away with that anymore. The portrayal of like real hillbilly type characters. Hmm. Yeah, I think that still like gets thrown in. Yeah, um, it's good. I think it still gets thrown into like comedy. Like it's I don't know. And like I, you said, they celebrated in the end. It was you know. I mean, they were the there story. at the. I think they were even there in the um the, the final match. You know, like sort of like as supporters. Cheering them on, you know that that ending where like you know the good guys win in very predictable fashion, but you still cheered it. Like, isn't that what wrestling is all about? Like, for years we watched Hulk Hogan get pummeled, put on a stretcher, you know, coming back for that that revenge match, and he would be getting killed. And even though we knew in the end he would get up on his knees, shake. Point the finger, drop the leg, and that was it. It still sucked us in. Mm-hmm. Isn't that all movies really? Like yeah. we kind of know what's going to happen. Now I guess there's more unpredictable endings, but Body Slam was as predictable and A B C D as it got. Well, I mean, I, let's. It was also like, like I mentioned, breaking you. Uh, you know, you, you were eight. You said when you uh, saw this. Yep, I was about fourteen myself in '86. Uh, it, it's a it, it. You gotta understand. Also, it caters to our age group at the time. Like you know, like right. how we were, and then it goes it goes forward. Like there are there's a soft spot for these, and then we won't let them go. Yeah, I think it's it's special. Everybody needs one of those or a bunch of those that are your your childhood movies that really gave you something. You know, that really spoke to you then. And like you said, you could sit there and watch some of them now. You could watch uh, uh, No Holds Barred now, and like you can go, yep. oh god, look at this! Like, <laughs> like here comes that stupid Dookie scene, right? Yep. We, you're like, right, and it makes you cringe. Yeah, but like and then you go, yeah, but it's still, it still makes me feel like I'm 14 or whatever. You know, however you felt, like you know, it's like so. 
This, that's what's magic about movies, man. I think I was running around. Our friends and I like rip them the the whole running around high uh, elementary school like we were Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, body slam. Roddy's not here anymore. No, you know, we we only have movies and matches and things like that. But that's what makes these guys immortal. You know, mm-hmm. like a movie like Body Slam, it doesn't need to be a great movie because it was great for us. You had one of the biggest wrestlers, most po- outside of Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper is probably one of the three most popular wrestlers of all time, excluding the Attitude Era. Forget yeah. about The Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. Like from their era, you had Macho, Andre the Giant, and Roddy Piper. Those were the three guys from that era. And it wasn't what we have today where The Rock is the biggest movie star in the world Roddy Piper in a movie was a big freaking deal because mm-hmm. it didn't happen back then too bad it didn't get a theater release just you know just to see what it could have just to see what it would have done yeah. yeah just to see what it tapped into with others because when it goes mm-hmm. straight to video because of two people fighting yeah too bad and by the way Hal Needham he did Rad um, he, yep. he he made um you know, obviously he's made Smokey and the Bandit and stuff like that, but um, uh, but Rad was the same year that he they uh, in '86 that he put out, and I would have liked to have seen the creative difference he had with the writers on this to see what he would have implemented. That uh, you know, like what did he get held back from? It would have been kind of cool. Talk about things changing. I mean, when Rad came out and. They did that scene where Bill Allen is flipping his bike in the club around Laurie Lachlan. We, mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, I'm like, oh, my God, that girl is hot. Now it's like, oh, my God, there's Aunt Becky, the jailbird. <laughs> and still she's hot. <laughs> she's still hot, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about that movie, but I interviewed Bill Allen a couple of times. Nice. So in that scene in the club where he's dancing on the bike, they play real life, Send Me an Angel, right? Mm-hmm. And it's iconic. Do you know what song it was supposed to be? No. Billy Idol's White Wedding, and they couldn't afford the rights. Wow. And that's why they got real life. And that you know probably what, made that career. It works. It works better. Yeah. Uh, that would, uh, Good thing they couldn't afford it, because that, that yeah. would have been stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in comparison, like, it had a right. cool moment. Like, you know, with, with it, it matched well with that song. Of course, because you didn't know what was going to happen with them, and you had this unknown song, but it, it sucked you in right away. Right. We all knew White Wedding, you mm-hmm. know? No, that's cool, man. Um, you know what we're going to do? We can do um, the... We, we've kind of already uh, hinted at it, but we, we'll, we'll do what was co- what is called Final Judgment. Um Good. And basically, we decide how well it holds up today. <laughs> like I said, we've already rubber stamped it, but I think, uh, you know. As we trashed it throughout the whole yeah. movie. But... No, it's okay. It's okay. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. <laughs> I don't know if we're ready because we already kind of did. But it's okay. Um, it's 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 one of those. You know what I mean. It's one of the. It's a fun thing. You know, it's a fun movie. 
um, it's a niche, you know, <laughs> movie. You right. gotta, you can only say, all right, you're, you like wrestling? All right, let's sit and watch this. But obviously, <laughs> don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Don't cool. pay attention to all these like things that are very wrong. But if you want to check some stuff out in its origin, you know, like where we used to be, like before before we uh, like tap even further, doesn't it piss you off when you see old footage of Hulk Hogan coming into the ring when he should be coming into the ring to Eye of the Tiger and they pump in the um, Real American yeah. song? Yep. And it's like, no, that is not yep. what aired at the right time. It's like you guys yep. are editing. It pisses me off every time. So that's why I like on YouTube people will put up old old moments and you hear the eye of the tiger start up so it's like oh thank god peacock does that i mean i remember you know sometimes i think i'm crazy i'm like that's not how it happened what like what they edit the match too or the uh the entrance entrance music music things like that like on so they showed uh the carrie von eric rick flair match from Oh, oh, wow. Let me guess. I'm just going to take a guess here, right? Just by memory. Did they edit out Tom Sawyer? Drove me nuts. Oh, man. Harry Von Eric's nickname was the Modern Day Warrior. That's why he used the song. And to not hear it, like, no, the whole story is incomplete. And, And see, what sucks about that is then you get into the debate of copyright infringement and all that shit and that's what they don't want but it's like damn it that's how it was back then it's what they used why not um were you a fan of uh i I can't see why you wouldn't be uh national lampoon's vacation are we allowed to curse on this oh yeah i say yeah but uh, fuck your mama thank you very much might be one of the funniest scenes of any movie again would watch it with my grandmother and we would die every time well um, if you watched it on cable uh, back in 83, I know you're a little younger, but I'm saying like in 83, 84, when it aired on cable, I'm so excited would play when she would arrive with the with the Ferrari when, when she'd pull up next yeah. to him. I'm yeah. so excited would be, would be playing. Now, once you get it on video or like uh, mo- even on cable sometimes, you, you'll see it's a song by one of the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the like. It's a totally separate song, and it's like that's not it though. <laughs> like that's not the song that was originally there. It drives me crazy. One last thing. The other uh, before we get back to the body slam in Weird Science, as they're coming up the escalator, uh, she's coming up to the escalator, and they're going down the escalator. They'll play Weird Science today. The song Weird Science, but yeah. back then it was Pretty Woman by Van Halen. That I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. What the yep. hell? Probably <laughs> had something to do with the fact that it was a cover. No, I think it's no. You know what it is? Is once movies, um, they it was like the original contract for whatever song. Because I was really, I was always like really annoyed by this particular stuff. So, and and I'm paraphrasing, but it was the original contract for the movie theater and cable, and then once it got released to video that was never in the contract because those were older contracts. Yeah. So like a new contract would have to then be signed and then probably they would probably renegotiate the price for a higher yep. price because, Oh, that's a big popular movie. I want more money for my big song. 
And so then, like, they were like, fine, we'll put another song in there. And it just really, it screws the people that remember it. That's a real shame. It really is. I mean, music makes so many movies. The funny thing is, I don't remember the music in Body Slam at all, except when the band blows out the eardrums of the elegant people at the party mm -hmm. and the organ at that uh, that farm thing, whatever it was. <laughs> did it have, I don't remember, did it have a theme song? Nothing major. Besides Send Me an Angel, think about Hal Needham. You know, he came out this this uh, pretty much an in independent rad movie. Uh, it was all like people like uh, John Farnham, uh, this guy that was like an Australian singer. Um, so anything that you would hear on the stuff uh, for Body Slam, it was all like, hope this makes it. Like, you know, like hope it uh, is successful with the movie type of thing. You know, we'll throw it in there, but it's not anything we know. Do you remember the box cover to Body Slam? And there might have been a couple of them. There might have been a one that featured Roddy Piper. Um, no, not really. I remember the uh, I I saw the picture here that on uh, IMDb, and that shows like shows like a, a street. Uh, they're in the road. All right, so you see they're in the street. Uh, you see uh, if is this what? Uh... No, there was another cover. Okay, and you guys would probably know better than me because I'm going back to seeing it at a independent video store as a kid, but. It pictured a wrestling ring. One guy had another in a headlock. It wasn't Roddy Piper or the Barbarian or the Tonga Kid, but he had a guy in a headlock, right? Mm -hmm. And his face was shocked. There was a girl topless. I mean, her back was to the viewer. So she was facing the guy who had the guy in the headlock. And that was the cover. And I remember thinking, I was a teenager, and I'm like, that has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I'm looking right now. I'm seeing one with the Tonga kid with the two uh, barbarian guys. Um, he's got them both. Oh, hold on. The one guy, the tag team partner of the barbarian passed away. Okay. He's not around Okay. Anymore. Hold on. You find it? Yeah. There you go. I am not crazy. Yep. Yeah. There it is. And that's not even that's not even Roddy Piper. It's none of the wrestlers. I haven't seen that in 30 years, but thank you for validating yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. not crazy. And it says... Grab a ringside seat for a two-fisted dose of sex, thugs, and rock and roll. There's no, there's no sex in the there's movie. No <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> Who are they aiming this for? Like, I mean, it's a, it's a child's movie, really. You know what I mean? Like, the way it's, you know, like I said, you, you said at the beginning, it's like a cartoon. It is. You know, and to answer the question, no, it doesn't hold up because it doesn't even represent what the, right. what the movie case is all about. Right. No, I mean, like, there's too much of it that doesn't hold up because of, you know, time. Like, I mean, like, there's no way on earth you could have the, uh, you know, the the gay slurs and the, um, the just, the, just uh, even Mickey jokes. Like, they were, they were saying, talking about, you know, dwarfs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everything was just like, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't, but look at wrestling back then. One of the biggest attractions of, of wrestling then was... It's the term. Yes. It's what it was called. I'm not calling it that, but midget wrestling. Right, right. That was that was a big deal. I mean, there was a match at WrestleMania three. That involved what Sky Lolo and Lord Littlebrook, and it was King Kong Bundy and Hillbilly Jim. They were, and they had they had little people with them. All right. It was it was just a part. You will never see that again. 
Right. You know, even women wrestlers, they were portrayed a lot differently. Now, these girls are on par with the guys right. doing cage Amazing magazine. athletes, right. Yeah. Well, they'll They're do, on- like, you know, the you know the flip. Like, you know, where they, they grab yeah. the guy's neck yeah. with their legs and then just flip back. Yeah, they do all that stuff. Like, I think when we go back, like, if you showed body slam to your, to your son, you could definitely teach him about how it was. I mean, even the wrestling itself has evolved so much since then. Like, you look at the moves, they were probably doing what was on par with what the WWF was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It sure as heck isn't up to speed today. No. No, because it's just... Well, because nobody would still uh, still watch it if it was the same. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like Because it, it had to evolve. It had to grow. That album cover, he's got him in a headlock. <laughs> you don't see a headlock anymore. Oh, right. Right. No, it's... Yeah, they, no, even the name Body Slam, that wouldn't even be a right. um, a thing people cared about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was a big deal. And, of course, I wouldn't want to yep. get one done to me. <laughs> but ultimately, I'm saying, like, if you're talking about what you're watching on TV, that's not, you could watch somebody get slammed be like, all right, you know, all right. Yeah. When's he going to get to the big stuff? WrestleMania was a couple of weeks ago, and Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled his first match in 19 years. That's amazing. And he was very limited as to what he could do. So he wrestled a match very similar to the 19, late 90s, early 2000s, but at a slower pace. He's 57 years old. I loved it. I was in my glory because it was stone cold. And you're like, how the hell did 19 years pass? But I think even that was more evolved than the wrestling that happened in Body Slam in 1986. Yeah. Like I said, they, they it's come so far. Like, it really yeah. has. I mean, Attitude Era, we have so much to thank for. Yep. And then PG is a, you know, it's a whole other. But, like, you know, I mean, you get, it's safer for kids to watch. I mean, like, you're not having, like, bad entrance music and all the bad stuff. So, I mean, like, it's, exactly. you know, and by the way, thanks to AEW, they are like Attitude Era, you know, so you get yeah. that as a choice. Oh, yeah, the alternatives are back. You know, you have, I mean, you don't have the territories anymore, but you have Ring of Honor, AEW, places to go watch cool outlaw wrestling. There's places to watch cool stuff. But, you know, we used to see wrestling even in the 90s on MTV. They had that, MTV had that show Tough Enough. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a reality I, show, right? Yeah. Like where Al Snow was like one of the. Al Snow was one of the. Yeah. And that guy Maven was the first like winner mm-hmm. of Tough Enough. And he had a big thing where he like eliminated The Undertaker and then they forgot about him. But. You, you had MTV up until the late 90s with wrestling. Do kids today even know what MTV is? They see videos on YouTube. There's no music channel anymore. Mm, those two words are an oxymoron. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I, I laugh when I see the shirts that say music television. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, 16 and pregnant. What the hell are you talking about? Sure. No, it's, it's, it is. It, but like, I'm glad that there are things like this still preserved. Like I said, we, we they don't have to be, they don't have to hold up. You can sit there and t- point out the other stuff. So many of those guys are gone. You know, Captain Lou's gone. Freddie Blassie's gone. One of the wrestlers, the Barbarians tag team partner, he's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Roddy's gone. You know, in wrestling in general, so many of them pass away at such a young age. To have some of this on tape, mm-hmm. you know, like once the WWE bought all of the wrestling catalogs. 
we're really at the mercy of them. Well, Peacock now, we're at the mercy of NBC as to what they want to give us, mm. what they want to release. You can't go buy the DVDs anymore like you used to, you know, used. But at least with, with movies like Body Slam, a lot of the history of wrestling is preserved because mm-hmm. you could still find it. We're not at the mercy of what the network wants to give or us. Or what Vince wants. Or what Vince right. wants, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can't, well... He hasn't bought it yet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we shouldn't say never because that's that's his style. Listen, there, the WWE is is such a phenomenal company. Like with the way people love it, people hate it. But when he took over in 1984, it's now 2022. They faced how many moments? How many black marks? How many almost endings? Mm. And yet here they still are. Love it or hate it. The product's evolved, and they've managed to find a way to keep it relevant mm-hmm. for 40 years. Right. Because it's, uh, well, it's if you want to get comparative, look at what, what happens on daytime TV, on network TV. Yeah. Right? It's our soaps, yeah. man. Like, really. It's like, because yeah. you, you watch uh, something happen to somebody, and you're like, no. <laughs> like, you know it's not real, but you still go, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, what are you doing? How did they do that to him? Oh, like, you know. Somebody help. Where the hell is all the help? <laughs> you always knew, like, when the referees came out, it was so disappointing. Because, like, that was the end of it. When the refs came out to help, you knew nobody cool was going to come out and do something cool. Right. Now, every once in a while, they'll throw you a curve. But, uh, you know, yeah. listen, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I, uh, it's not a t- traditional one because I normally have uh, another guy in here. But uh, this was this was a blast. So thank you. I had a really good time talking wrestling. I'll talk wrestling all day, but to be able to talk wrestling and movies yeah. and learn some stuff about them. So thank you for that. Thank you for all these little answer those that i learned i appreciate it man thank you no problem and uh hey let, let the audience know how they can uh, check you out so my instagram's orlando 0616 my twitter is at tattoo and talk and then if you want to listen online i'm on the air 6 a.m to 11 a.m monday through friday on 94.3 the shark you could stream it at 94.3 the shark.com which is just i mean think about what a blessing that is uh today uh, you, you couldn't have back in right the day. After that zone. Yep. You know, I mean, it's like, like I, I'm in Massachusetts. There's no way on earth I could have picked it up back in the day before, before the internet. You know what I mean? So, thanks for joining me, man. Thank you very much, buddy. All right, take it easy. Have a great week, folks. We'll see you later. Bye. Ooh, cricket, about movie.